0: Love Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land.
1: Israel, you uh, knew Yahweh, accepted Him, cared about Him, paid attention to Him, listened to Him, things would be so much different. Uh, my name is Craig When I'm here with Dee and with Kirk. Um, we begun this, uh, sh- this particular Shabbat uh, program of Yadah Radio a bit conflicted uh, because we'd like to be able to do three things simultaneously. I have probably 75 to 100 news stories teed up that I'd like to comment on to help uh, our listeners have a better grasp of what's happening around the world. Uh, we have a dire need to do the one thing that we're positioned to do, which is to convey the nature of Islamic terrorism, uh, uh, the very caustic nature of the Islamic religion, so that. I uh, those around the world, but particularly in Israel, come to know that uh, Hamas is simply a symptom of what is occurring. The problem is actually Islam and that should they wipe out all of Hamas, which is, it is an absolute impossibility, um, it would make no difference uh, <laughs> because <laughs> there are nearly two billion Muslims in the world and they have been indoctrinated to hate Jews. Of course, the third thing we'd we'd love to do and we are uniquely positioned to do is to share with Yehudim, Jews, and also with Goyim uh, who Yahweh is, what he is offering to us, and what he is expecting in return. And hopefully we will return to those books in the Yahweh series and to begin sharing them with you again. The reason that we're going to begin with one item in the news and then turn to the rewrite of uh, Goddamn religion, which used to be Prophet of doom, is that uh, we have a really good friend, a good friend of all of ours, uh, who was one of the very first uh, Yehud Jews to capitalize on the message of Yada Yawa, Dr. Jeff who yesterday said, I understand, and it would be great to be able to do all of those things, but considering that the very existence of Israel uh, is um, uh, now in jeopardy, uh, and Mm -hmm. that you are the only person who can speak with authority and knowledge about Islam, I would prefer that you do that, so we're going to. I had a long conversation with a really good friend of this program, who used to be a co-host on this program, and who is uh, um, the man responsible for the original Yada Yawa and uh, Prophet of Doom websites. Who uh, challenged me uh, challenged me in a phone call the other day, and said, "You know, you uh, you may want to be careful about um, including progressives in your chastisement." You know, your Your chastisements are uh, most recently have been about Islam and progressives as if uh, they were working together and someone might get the impression that you have a uh, political uh, persuasion. And what I shared with him is what I want to share with you. And then we're going to um, talk about the consequence of progressive indoctrination in an article that was just published I signal out progressives uh, for a number of reasons uh, and don't single out um, right-wing wackos nearly as much for another reason. Progressives worldwide, but particularly in America, have commandeered academia. Uh, They are the lone voice of academia, and because of that, they have indoctrinated Uh, the last two generations to the point where they are effectively incapable of exercising good judgment. Uh, They no longer value evidence and reason and just simply wallow in political platitudes as if they were somehow true. The second thing is that uh, progressives dominate the media and therefore they have a huge influence on culture. So sense progressives are almost universally anti-Semitic which is uh, which requires tremendous hypocrisy because they embrace Islam uh, against Jews and yet Jews share their values and Muslims trounce them the religion that has been the most hostile to women is Islam the religion that deprives the most people of freedom is Islam. Yep. The religion that devalues education is Islam. The religion that is most prone when they have a majority of a country to um, rule it through a fascist fiefdom is Islam. Right. And yet, stupidly, Progressives uh, work very aggressively against Jews and in favor of Muslims, which is the next reason that I expose and condemn progressives. There is a subtle reason beyond that, which is that um, I work for Yahweh. He is my father. He is also my boss. Every day, every day. 14 hours a day uh, I serve him on behalf of his people and uh, advancing his agenda. And Yahweh is decidedly anti-political in addition to be anti-religious. To the extent that I'm capable, I modify my perceptions so that they are consistent with his. I figure that he's a whole lot smarter than I am, and when I do that, I find that I understand the world a whole lot better than I do otherwise. So um, that is my approach. And since Yahweh is opposed to uh, human government and has been exceedingly hostile to the viciousness of civilization, like the gang mentality and the murderous nature, the propensity to deprive people of freedoms and to slave them in, in caste systems, that uh, has been the common denominator of uh, slavery for, uh, for a considerable period of time. Uh, we uh, need to have an appreciation that what liberalism calls for, progressives call for, is the maximum application of government the minimal uh, expectation and application of personal responsibility. And with since Yahweh is anti-human government, progressives who are at the extreme of applying human governance are most opposed to him. So while I don't agree with any conservative that is in any way associated with a political party, because I think the political politics is is disgusting. Mm -hmm. They at least, if you were to actually find a a person that wasn't affiliated with a political party, but was conservative in the sense they, they want to minimize government intrusion and control in people's lives, maximize personal liberty, while also maximizing personal accountability and responsibility, that would be vastly more consistent with what Yahoo is advocating. So while I don't think there is any significant number that view conservatism that way and that most are political hacks and the worst of them would be the MAGAites uh, and the right-wing conspiracy uh, idiots, certainly less government is better than more government. And that's another reason why I'm opposed uh, to progressives lastly, progressive mentality is become religious. it is exceedingly zealous and it is based almost entirely on faith and it is completely intolerant. There's very little difference in the way a progressive acts and a religious Uh, person acts and as a result evidence and reason mean nothing to them, they're completely impervious to evidence and reason and that is my entire world I have no faith I want no faith, I don't believe I either know or I don't know I understand or I don't understand and towards knowing and understanding there's only two tools evidence and reason And these are the things that are disavowed by progressives. Now, I'm going to share with you an article that helps to explain this point of view. Uh, It was uh, published by the uh, Jerusalem Post. Uh, It is uh, uh, entitled, uh, Five Lies U.S. Young Adults Tell Them... So five lies U.S. young adults tell themselves about Israel. Number one, one one-third, 32%, of young adults 18 to 24 in America. When polled, they do not believe that Hamas terrorists killed 1,400 Israeli civilians by shooting, stabbing, and beheading them. Nope, don't believe it.
0: What's to believe? These are
1: facts. Pardon? They're pictured. pictured. There's nothing to believe. It's facts. Correct. It's It's unquestionable fact. Uh, The jihadists filmed much of what they did. They recorded much of what they did. There are Mm -hmm. overwhelming pictures to demonstrate what they did. They celebrated what they did. And so, should, so there's a third of young people who are so ignorant, so jaundiced, politically compromised, so indoctrinated mm-hmm. that they can't process the evidence rationally to recognize that uh, Muslims under the control of Hamas in Gaza after being trained and equipped by Iran, reached the fence between Gaza and Israel at dawn on October 7, 2023, and over the next 10 hours, murdered 1,400 Jews. They took 220 back into Gaza as trophies. They raped children as young as four, and old women as old as 80. They were so vicious on their rapes, men would hold legs apart, breaking their pelvis so they couldn't close their legs. And they would even cut out their genitalia after the rapes. They would (laughs) torture their captives, and sometimes torturing children in front of their parents, cutting off their fingers and their toes one at a time, gouging out their eyes. Those they killed, they burned. Some they burned alive. Many they cut off their heads with knives. Uh, There is probably, uh, I say that there has not been anything this barbaric, anything this inhuman at this scale that has been perpetrated in the last 2,000 years would not be an exaggeration. It is the single worst display of human behavior in 2,000 years. Now, you could argue and say that, you know, the Japanese were pretty brutal in, uh, in Nanking and, uh, and in, you know, in China there, and what they did to Americans, and, and I wouldn't argue it. They were. But they didn't cut off heads, they didn't chop off body parts. They didn't burn people alive. You could say that the Nazis were horrible in the gas chambers, and then to they were very systematic about mass murder. Yes, many experiments which were savage on people. But there's been nothing that even comes close. To the viciousness, the cruelty, the inhumanity of what Muslims out of Gaza equipped, trained by the Iranians, did in Israel. And wholly unjustified. Gaza is not occupied, nor controlled by Israel. It's just a fact. Yeah. So A third of young Americans are too stupid to recognize this. That makes them an an absolute waste of a life. Number two, and by the way, before I finish that, I want our listeners to know that this act, five or 6,000 more, kidnapping 220, rapes, sodomy, that while that was the most horrific ex- example of inhuman behavior the world has seen in better part of 2,000 years, it is just the beginning. The world as you know it, or you believe it, going to exist very much longer, and to a significant degree, <clears throat> the world will enter a point of world war because of the ignorance that has been imposed on people through progressives and that has rendered young Americans and young Europeans incapable of thinking. The second phase of what we witnessed will be a hundred times more vicious. And because of the United States malfeasance, and Europe's malfeasance throughout the Islamic world and what we're doing in the Ukraine, uh, even how we processed the response to COVID-19 and the bankrupting of uh, currencies, the combination of these things, the invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, the migration of Muslims throughout the free world, that because of these things, the world is now split, where you have China and Russia and Iran, which includes now Syria and Lebanon, and uh, also the Gazaites and Palestinian uh, Islamic jihad on one side, and the other side, America, Europe uh, and to some degree Saudi Arabia. The world is split, and so this region that's manifest out of Islamic rage is going to affect the rest of the world because it's going to be a blaze that grows across borders and the United States. It is inevitable. And to a large degree, it's going to happen because the world was unwilling to stand up and do the right thing. 22 years ago, after a meeting with uh, Al-Qaeda, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, I wrote a series of books on Islam. The first was Tea with Terror, where I I, uh, positioned three remedies. I said, this is the world's fate. The world's fate is to be destroyed, not just by Islam, but by allowing Islam to affect the world in such a way that it drags the entire world chaos and world war. I said, there's only three ways to deal with this, and all three have to be done. And I was blunt. I went on 5,000 radio shows to tell this story. So the first thing is that like any disease that is this deadly, Islam has to be quarantined. We have to Stop invading Islamic countries. We have to stop allowing Muslims to flee those countries and come into non-Islamic countries. It is a disease. It is lethal. There is no antidote. It can't be fixed. It has to be quarantined. The second is, we have to stop funding Islamic terrorism, which the West does by buying hundreds of billions of dollars of oil from Islamic fiefdoms who spend enormous amounts of money manufacturing those terrorists. The only reason Iran could train 500 Palestinian Islamic jihadists and Hamas members just prior to this and arm them and then provide the funds for the rockets and also fund Hezbollah is because of the black ooze under its soil, which the world clamors to buy. So second point is we have to stop funding our own demise. And third, Islam has to be exposed and condemned. We're going to do that over these next few programs. We're going to begin with chapter 6 of the rewrite of what was goddamn religion and is now Oh, excuse me, was prophet of doom and is now a goddamn religion. Those were the three things that have to be done. And, and some people say, well, that's pretty harsh. I mean, you know, we, uh, people can be whatever they want to be in terms of uh, their religion. And, uh, and uh, you know, quarantine people it sounds meaner, meaner. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, well, what are we going to do with my SUV uh, in terms of putting gas in it? There's no part of my solution that is harmful. None of it that's inappropriate, right. none of it that's undeserved. And I'm going to tell you that because the world didn't do it, and now points one and two are already too late. Uh, uh, it's too late to stop funding Islamic terrorism, and it's, it's too late to stop to quarantine it. So points one and two, 22 years ago, would have prevailed. They will not prevail now. Um, so I'm not selling this as a way to save the world because it cannot be saved. It's way too far gone. Uh, but at least we can hold Islam and progressives accountable for the damage they've, they have done and are doing, and we can awaken Israel to its present plight, of which there are no good answers. But there's at least an explanation by exposing and condemning Islam. All right, point two. Nearly half, 45%, of 18 to 24-year-olds in America think that an Israeli airstrike caused the explosion at the Gaza's Al-Ahli Arab hospital that killed allegedly 550 people. I mean, That's ridiculous. To believe that, you have to suspend all logic, evidence, and reason. Hamas yep. said it, even though their rocket caused it. And it didn't cause that kind of damage. It didn't even hit the hospital. Uh, But nonetheless, the media, because it's filled with progressives, ran with the story because they hate Jews and they don't think. Evidence and reason don't matter. Israel came out within two hours and said, we've done a thorough investigation. Not only didn't we have an airplane or uh, any uh, munitions anywhere close to that uh, hospital, uh, we have actually tracked the rocket. It was shot. From a cemetery behind the uh, the hospital it didn 't hit the hospital it uh, it hit the parking lot. We have pictures of the parking lot, pictures of the hospital the hospital was not destroyed. The number of casualties is probably ten to twenty, uh, mostly in the uh, the parking lot because there was a stash of of weapons in the parking lot of a hospital that 's a, a really lovely thought isn 't it uh, and uh, they they even produced a recording between the Islamic terrorists who acknowledged, yeah, it was us. We shot the rocket. Yes, it misfired. It went into the parking lot. Uh, we're bad. And uh, then saying, well, it doesn't matter. Well, we'll we'll capitalize on this. And they deliberately lied. And because of the ignorance and the lack of logic of young people and progressives in the West. They bought it hook, line, and sinker and ran front page stories that Israel had done this. And now with all evidence to the contrary, all of it, there isn't a shred of evidence that would implicate Israel. In fact, in that parking lot where this uh, rocket hit, there is a one foot deep, one foot in diameter impact crater, which is if you look at all the impact craters of the is uh, the uh, Hamas rockets that were fired in Israel. That's about the size of them. Then you look at the size of the craters left by Israeli munitions, which take down entire buildings and leave a 15-foot deep crater that's about 20 feet wide. It is so incredulous. You have to be so deliberately, willfully stupid For nearly half of young Americans I can't use think to believe (laughs) that it was an Israeli airstrike. You're out of your ever loving mind. Number three. More than half, fifty three percent of young Americans say that Israel, not Hamas, rules Gaza. Israel has no influence on Gaza. The Bush administration 20 years ago demanded that Israel give up Gaza. After the Six-Day War, Israel came to control Gaza, which was an outdoor prison run by the Egyptians. And the Egyptians would have nothing to do with these people. They weren't called Palestinians at the time. They were just Arab Muslims. But they were obnoxious. And so the Egyptians controlled it, made it an outdoor prison, but didn't let anybody out. And then Israel in the Six-Day War gained control of it, uh, built some beautiful farms in the north, probably the best treatment that the Gazians have ever had. They were given the access to Education, Israel provided electricity, water, fuel, uh, monies—best circumstances in the history of these people in Gaza—and they. Uh, uh, George Bush says, "Nope, nope, no, nope. that won't work." Give the uh, the fake Palestinians control over Gaza, so they did. And since that time, Israel's had no influence, and Gaza has turned into a recruiting and indoctrination hellhole for Islamic terrorism and for attacks on Israel. So if you're one of those 53% of young Americans who think that Hamas does not rule Gaza, but that Israel does, you are too stupid to get out of bed in the morning. You're, you're wasting your life. And you're likely to lose it because of the collective stupidity of progressives. Israel unilaterally withdrew from the Gaza Strip in 2005. Period. End of story. Number four. More than a third, six, uh, 36%, do not believe that Hezbollah, me, that Hamas, is designated as a terrorist organization. Unreal. What in the hell do you think it is? What do you think they did? Uh, well, you don't know what they did on, uh, on October 7th, do you?
0: No, apparently not.
1: <laughs> 44%, nearly half, of young Americans 18 to 24 years old say Israel is actually the Palestinian homeland not the Jewish state. Half of young Americans are so stupid, so ill-informed, so irrational, so screwed up by progressive indoctrination and the progressive media and the social media that is controlled by almost universally progressives. They are so screwed up in the mind that they think that Israel is Fakistan. It would take somebody with an open mind and the capacity to use a Google search engine about 15 minutes to examine the history of the Philistines, which is where the yeah. name is derived, to know that the last of the Philistines was wiped out by the numerous countries that uh, despised them between 2,200, 2,300 actually, and about 2,700 years ago, maybe almost 3,000 years ago. Let's just say for round numbers, 2,300 to 3,000 years ago. The Egyptians decimated them after being constantly harassed by them. Uh, David, Dode virtually decimated them. And they were virtually decimated by the Babylonians and the Assyrians and finally the Greeks. That was the last of them. There is no Palestinian left. There was never a a homeland called uh, Palestine. The people that occupied that area were from the Mediterranean. They were from the island of Crete. They weren't Arabs. They didn't speak Arabic actually spoke a variation of Hebrew uh, and Phoenician. They were illiterate. They didn't have any coinage. They didn't build any buildings. They have nothing. They would not be even known. You wouldn't even know the word Palestine if it wasn't for the presentation of Yahweh's prophets. It's the only place those people are even mentioned. And the only reason that the name continues to exist as if it were a place is because Hadrian, after virtually destroying the province of Judea, chose to rename it just as a an, an act of belligerence. Yeah. And then when Jordan controlled what we call now the West Bank, and Egypt controlled Gaza, and there was a remnant of these uh, uh, Muslims, uh, Bedouins, and Arabs uh, in those two areas, there is not a single one of them who referred to themselves as a Palestinian. The term wasn't even reintroduced until Yasser Arafat, oh, the ugly one, working with the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, came up with the idea that if we can convince people around the world that we are Palestinians and Israel is Palestine, if people will will buy into that, then it will appear to the world that we're entitled and that Israel is the occupier. And they pulled it off. Because of progressive academia that was a huge proponent of this, they pulled off the, the lie of the century. And now half of young Americans actually believe that Israel, which has a history that is well documented, that goes back more than 3,000 years, and is chronicled in the, uh, all of the artifacts, the written language reports of the historians and kings and pharaohs of Egypt, of Babylon, of Assyria, of every country, every tribal uh, designation, surrounding them, as well as copious details in the Torah and Prophets. And it's always Israel. It's Israel and Judea. Samaria. Jerusalem was their capital. Yeah, they were beaten up by a lot of different countries. The Egyptians beat them up, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans. Um, it not change who they were or that that's their homeland. And to say otherwise is to be stupid. And that's just the word for it. It's stupid. All right. This set, um, unless you all have uh, something you would uh, like to add, I'm going to go into the rewrite of Goddamn Religion, uh, entering it actually at uh, chapter six. One of these days I do need to return to chapter two, uh, which is uh, um, at war with religion, because I think it does a marvelous job of summarizing the the events and the, uh, the choices that await uh, Israel and their consequences. And it has been, oh, it's probably 50% augmented since the last time we shared it on this program. Uh, But nonetheless, I I want to give our listeners, particularly in Israel, an insight into the satanic nature of Islam. Uh, Very few people actually know much about Islam. They don't know how it was founded, who founded it, where it was founded, uh, what its doctrines say, what its scriptures reveal, but I do. And I don't expose and condemn Islam based on anything that Muslims are currently doing. Oh, that would give you plenty of of Mm -hmm. ammunition. But because, and based upon what the Quran, when it's reordered and set into the context of Muhammad's life, through the Sunnah, the four oldest and most reliable, uh, sources of oral reports from Muhammad and his companions. And it's by making the Quran chronological and contextual and setting it into Muhammad's uh, de- words and deeds that it makes sense. It's horrible, disgusting picture, yes. but it can be understood. And that is what Prophet of Doom does now. Uh, they rewrite his goddamn religion he is a little different. And the reason it's a little different is I wrote Prophet of Doom, 22 years ago, uh, right after 9-11, on behalf of Americans and Europeans to try to help Americans and Europeans understand why those suicide bombings occurred. Since that time, I've written almost 30 books on the uh, on Yahweh's testimony, uh, coming to know who he is, what he is offering, what he expects in return, uh, understanding how to pronounce his name properly, understanding the terms and conditions of his covenant, how the invitations to meet called the mikre uh, support the benefits of the covenant, uh, and as well as understanding how Dod is David, is the Messiah and Son of God and our Savior, the Zoroa, Passover Lamb. And so I think my understanding of who Yahweh is and... and what he is offering and what his timeline uh, is when he is returning is better than anyone alive today. Um, I am unique among people in that in the history of the world, I am the only person who has written multiple books to effectively destroy the credibility of Judaism, That would be in the Babel series in particular. Uh, Islam through Prophet of Doom and now Goddamn Religion. Christianity through the four volumes of Questioning Paul. While simultaneously detailing the testimony of Yahweh and celebrating and proving no one else has ever done those four things. Very Mm. few people have ever done any one of them and no one has done any one of them to the extent that I have done each of them. So it puts me in a very unusual, unique uh, Yahweh would use the term Kodesh, set apart position. Kodesh.
0: To <laughs> awaken
1: true. Yeah, uh, Israel and Yehudim. And that's who I work for because that's the people that Yahweh chose, that's who he loves, that's who he is returning to, and he wants them awakened out of their comatose state, out of their uh, being so irascible towards him. To the point they are willing to listen to him again and anticipate his return on Yom Kippur in year 6000, Yah, which is October 2nd, in 2033. So based on that, let's uh, talk a little bit about um, the Quran and Islam. This chapter 8 is entitled Satan's Manifesto. Uh, the byline is, how many populated areas have we destroyed when our terror and torment came upon them suddenly? Well, the answer to that, of course, on October 7th uh, was, to, was 22. Right.
0: This
1: is Quran 07. Fourth verse. You may be wondering why Muhammad based his religion on Babylonian Talmud stories and why he found it necessary to alter them to fit his situation. Muslim scholars insist that the characters and events, at least up to the point of departure, are similar because a supposedly nameless deity and Allah are the same God. I heard on imam screaming to a large crowd of Muslims and progressive sympathizers in New York at a huge rally that Allah was the God of, of Abraham and of Moses. Taking that position is dumber and more ignorant than any of the stupidity that we just shared with you. This makes less sense than, well, in the previous chapter we uh, present the Islamic hadith that says that the sun falls out of its chariot and that angel wings blot out the light of the moon, making it less luminous than the sun. The fact is that disparities exceed similarities between the Torah and Quran by a hundredfold. And the intent of one is the exact opposite of the other. If humanity is to believe <coughs> that Allah is Yahweh, if that was the purpose of Islam, then simply translate the Torah, Nabi wa Mizbor, teaching prophets and psalms, into Arabic and be done with it. We have irrefutable proof through fulfilled prophecies and Yahweh's restoring testimony that it was inspired, and we have irrefutable evidence that it has been reliably maintained through the Dead Sea Scrolls. That would be the end, of course, of Islam and Allah. (laughs) including the institutionalized suppression of women and the universal instigation of terror. So think about that for a moment. I know logic is, is not the strong suit of people today, but if the world is to believe the Quran's position that Allah is the God of the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, who happens to be Yahweh, then all you have to do is when written Arabic finally becomes the language, which is about 100 years after Muhammad's death. Translate the Torah and prophets into Arabic, and you're done with it. After all, the majority of the Quran has been pilfered indirectly from the same source and then twisted (laughs) (laughs) immeasurably. Why not just go to the original? The Dead Sea Scrolls, precede Islam by almost a thousand years. And the original text precedes Islam by two thousand years. Simply translate it into, uh, into Arabic, and it's, you would be done if that was your position. Right. But of course, that can't be the Islamic position because Islam is a form of replacement theology where Allah replaces Yahweh, Arabs replace Jews, Arabic replaces uh, Hebrew, the Quran replaces the Torah, and Jihad replaces the covenant. And of course, if they did that, there would be no Islam, and no subjugation of women. would be no Islamic terrorism. To Yada no Yahweh, is to disavow and reject Muhammad and Allah as a non-prophet and un-God. It is to recognize that Allah is actually modeled after Satan, the adversary, and that the Quran recital is a false witness, it's to liberate Muslims from Islam submission. However, as we and you will discover if you read Mm -hmm. or listen to previous chapters of goddamn religion, Muhammad was allergic to the truth. It just didn't serve his interest. It did not mesh with his character. It's hard to imagine a a man lying more transparently, prolifically, or incredibly. His his creation accounts are the dumbest... Uh, it, it, they would probably satisfy a progressive. I should put it that way, however. I, he contradicts himself in a hundred different ways, and he doesn't get anything right.
0: <laughs> it's true.
1: The realization that Muslims are completely reliant on his universally false and contradictory rants for the entirety of their religion, And for the very existence of their God, puts them in a precarious position. Islam is on life support the moment you look at the initial balderdash of the Islamic creation accounts. Mm -hmm. They are so disgusting, so erroneous, it's laughable. (laughs) It's true. Thus far the Quran and Hadith have demonstrated that Muhammad wasn't very smart. He wasn't. Uh, Perhaps educated by progressives. Maybe progressiveness goes back much further than we think. It's founded. His God wasn't of any help to him. That much is evident when you study the Hadith and the early Quran. He was not only proclaimed He not only, I should say, proclaimed the dumbest creation theories ever recorded in any religion, he couldn't remember what he said one day to the next. He was constantly tripping on his forked tongue. Mm. Sorely lacking intelligence, a genuine nincompoop, a functional memory, the ability to think rationally, an awareness of history or of science, and of course... (laughs) completely devoid of divine inspiration, Muhammad turned to the plethora of rabbis in Yathrib for a lifeline. Since they were already funding his existence with uh, loans and food, they might as well fortify his new religion. The Jews in Yathrib had been providing housing and loans for Muhammad, in his fledgling assortment of malcontents and deadbeats, from the very moment they had been exiled from Petra, yeah, not Mecca, following the diabolical nature of the satanic verses and the mythical night's journey. Three of the four tribes in Yathrib were Jewish. And they had two things in that Muhammad coveted most, wealth and scripture. Unskilled in negotiation and adverse to partnerships, the non-profit would confiscate both and thereby giving birth to Islam, Muhammad's terrorist dogma. Sure, it would be bloody and gruesome, but fear compels submission. And dead men tell no tales. But did I mention that Muhammad was stupid? In his Sunnah and Quran, Muhammad actually admits purchasing Talmud recitals from the rabbis. He confessed that his versions were different because, according to him, the rabbis changed them after selling them to him. But that allegation is nonsensical for many reasons. The Babylonian Talmud was a written document. It had been collected 100 years previously. And the stories not only didn't change at this time, the rabbis in Yathrib had no access to the copies in Baghdad and could not have altered them. Excuse me using logic again. It's a horrible fault. Uh Well, the rabbinical assessments of the Torah stories and the prophetic accounts were imaginative. The characters they described remained consistent in the Talmud with the historical context as they were presented in the Torah. But that's completely unlike the Islamic variations. For that nincompoop of a imam to be screaming that... Allah was the god of Abraham. He he might have been, but it's it's Abraham circa 2023. Not Abraham circa 1968 BCE. Muhammad altered everything that the rabbis recited to him to suit his personal agenda. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mm -hmm. by admitting that he was fighting over the right to repurpose the Talmud recitals from the rabbis, Muhammad was admitting that large swaths of his Qur'an, the majority of it, were inspired by Jewish religious leaders rather than his God, Allah. use the logic again. Muhammad's clumsy corruptions of these paid rabbinical recitals to suit his agenda and his situation are so obvious they're laughable. When the (laughs) rabbis mocked this sandbox psychopath for having done so, Muhammad didn't just silence them by decapitating many Hundreds of them, just in the same manner that narcissists do today, he couldn't hold his own tongue. In the process of degrading these Jews, the ungod's non implicated himself, not just in mass murder, which he admitted to, but in having fabricated his Quran through bastardized plagiarism. Muhammad's character and confessions left indelible strains on the stains, I should say, on the Quran and Sunnah, such that a rational reader will be well, will immediately recognize that there is an admission of guilt. That is, if there were rational readers. Everything that is Islam from its prophet. God, Quran, and Sunnah is all contrived. They only appear religious because he, just, he didn't just plunder the Jews of their lives and their property as well as their wealth. He stole from the most prolifically documented, best known, monotheistic religion at the time, Judaism by way of the Babylonian Talmud. To make one man's personal quest for perverted sex, stolen wealth, and a craving for sadistic cruelty seem religious. All right, so far so bad. Team Islam usurped Jewish ideas, terms, names, characters, and events, even their language. Yes, Quran is a... Hebrew word, it is from Kara. It means to read and recite. And Allah's name means to invoke a curse. They're all Hebrew. In fact, the letters that that comprise the Arabic alphabet are all Hebrew. Every important word and name and term and concept in the Quran is Hebrew. All of the characters or Hebrew.
0: All the places. Important.
1: Muhammad simply yeah. penciled himself in as a fellow prophet, as the lead act on the marquee. He cast Allah in the role of Yahweh, although I don't think he ever knew Yahweh's name, because the despicable rabbis in Yathrib who recited their Talmud stories to him would use it. Right. If they had used it, Muhammad would have claimed that his god's name was Yahweh. There was no reason to pick up the name of a meaningless rock god named Allah. In fact, he wasn't even the first god of the Quran. He was the fourth. Muhammad replaced Jews with Arabs and started telling tall tales. But being illiterate, Stupid or maniacal, he got them all fouled up. The Jews laughed themselves silly. Rather than accepting the self-promoting prophet who wanted to be the third and now a long line of false messiahs after Jesus Christ, Akiva's uh, Bar Kokhba, and then Muhammad, who was denied, they teased him for his errant portrayals of their history. But aspiring tyrants never admit to being wrong. Rather than correct his revisionist history, Muhammad claimed supremacy. He said, if you reject my message, you will die. In fact, you'll be tortured first. (laughs) Emboldened by the militants that he had come to command through bribery, he twisted the stories further in an effort to make his wanton behavior Look prophetic. Jewish history and the witness to it in the Torah, Nabi wa Mizmor, were contorted to the point that they became nonsensical. The rabbis, in defense of their horrible decision to sell Muhammad recitals from their Babylonian Talmud, then foolishly mocked Muhammad all the more. Enraged, Allah's messenger struck back, calling them donkeys, apes, and pigs. He ordered his followers to kill every Jew. He'd show them who was right and who was wrong. He'd prove that he was a prophet by decapitating Jewish men, raping Jewish women, and enslaving Jewish children. (laughs) When you view this continuing saga in that light, and from this perspective, even stories of talking sons that wear clothes, that go to bed each night in a muddy spring, surrounded by extraterrestrials, visited by Alexander the Great, become relevant. And if there's a better excuse, I mean explanation for this malarkey, I mean alternative view. I'd love to hear it. For if there is something in Islam that makes sense, something that was actually redeeming, we might use it to reach Muslims, reason with them, and help them to stop killing us. By way of confession, I came to accept the Torah, wa Mismur. Yahweh's teaching and guidance, his prophetic declarations, and the marvelous songs written by his firstborn son, our Messiah and Savior, Doh David. As the inspired word of Yahweh, because of the prophecies it contained, because of its scientific and historical accuracy, and the merit of God's message. I realized that it was improbable, to the point of impossible, for a 2,500 to 3,500 year old collection of written books to accurately foretell today's events, if not authored by a spirit who exists outside of the constraints of time. The more I studied, the deeper I dug, the more attractive the picture Yahweh was presenting appeared. And the more generous and desirable his offer became. Now, Kirk and Dee, I think that you would both come to exactly that same conclusion.
0: Absolutely. Oh absolutely.
1: That is how we come to know Yahweh and what we think of them once we do.
0: Yep.
1: 100%. You do not have to share our conclusions, but you're encouraged to know how we came to hold them by reading the books which comprise YareIowa, of which goddamn religion is just one of many. They're all available in their entirety at yareya.com including the rewrite, the progress we've made thus far on the rewrite of Goddamn Religion. Thank you, David and, and uh, Jackie, for your editing and for posting them uh, as I work through them. That's a tough job because I'm never satisfied. I, I even went back today from the beginning and, and rewrote uh, much of it. Um, I want it to be as accurate and as forceful and as compelling and vital as it can possibly be because the very survival of Israel depends on it and the rest of the planet as well. These books, in their entirety, all of them, 30 books on the shelf at yadaya.com, are all free in their entirety and they're royalty-free in the printed editions. We do not do this for profit or for popularity. I have to laugh to say popularity because <laughs> Yahweh has never been popular. And no. uh, boy, is, that, uh, is that particularly true uh, today. And hmm. we all three of us invest our resources and our time to serve Yahweh and his people, we are not paid in any way, shape, or form monetarily. We do not accept donations. Nope. We do this for the love of Yahweh and because of his love for his people. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We will continue to hold Muhammad accountable and prove the Quran and Sunnah fraudulent, through the nonprofit's own words and deeds, as they were recorded in his scriptures. However, without an appreciation of who Yahweh is and what he is offering and requesting in return, by contrast, a reader will never fully understand just how evil is I- Islam is, or comprehend why it has become so deceitful, destructive, and deadly. However, if we were to cut to the chase, Islam disproved itself by claiming that the Torah was inspired by Allah and that the Quran confirms its message. Two inspired books from the same deity cannot be contradictory to the point of being opposites. Moreover, Yahweh's name appears 7,000 times within his testimony. More than this. To understand Muhammad's and Olive's motives, it is important to at least read what Yahshua Isaiah foretold in the 14th chapter about the ascent of Satan, such that the adversary achieved his ambition of being seen as uh, Allah-u-Akbar, greater than the God of the Jews, Yahweh. Now you'll find it accurately translated and explained in the fourth volume of Observations entitled Teaching, and in all three volumes of Babel, Beast, Abominable, and Venomous. But we will also reprise it in this review because of what Muhammad claims on behalf of his wannabe God, in the seventh surah of the Quran. By listening to the voice of Yahweh's prophet, you will understand why Satan, disguised as Allah, claimed the Torah for himself. You will also appreciate the reason the ungod turned so violently against Yehudim. And it is because they are Yahweh's chosen people and prophets. This perspective is marvelously presented in the last two volumes of the Babel series, uh, uh, which is on Ezekiel. Because Ezekiel is the prototype for Allah's prophet. It is Satan's autobiography. Muhammad's dependence on the Torah and the prophets to fill out his Quran wasn't simply that he lacked inspiration and credibility, but also because his un-God had an agenda. He would rise above Yahweh in the minds of Muslims by claiming to be the God whose name he never speaks, Yahweh. But he's not very good at impersonating God. And so his true nature is always visible behind his very thin veil. Hmm. Since the non and his un-God decided to pilfer Yahweh's testimony and stand upon his credibility, doing an appalling injustice to both, at the very least, we must now compare the resulting Sunnah and Quran with the original. Had he been original himself and created their myths pendently, we would be able to judge them solely on what they had to say and not through comparison. But now comparison is required to determine veracity. That said, this is not going to be an essay on comparative religions. Unlike Allah, I recognize that Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are all indefensible. And highly objectionable to God. However, when the non-prophet says something stupid, such as the Quran confirmed the Torah and Gospels, I'm here to proclaim that that is not only inaccurate, it is impossible. Because the New Testament is in opposition to the Torah, and neither agree with Allah. You are, of course, as a listener, free to object. You can view Muhammad's demonic behavior and the motivation for his deceitful scriptures metaphorically. His demons can be seen as our guttural nature, human depravity in full bloom. It doesn't require a devil to seduce covetous men and to deceiving others to gain power, sex, and money. ever now for another confession. Any attempt to reorganize Islam chronologically, as I have done, is perilous. The religion was founded upon the utterly false proposition that Abraham had a religion instead of a relationship with Yahweh. (laughs) He, He, well, rebuilt the Kaaba because it claims that the Kaaba was... Built in heaven, and then it was built by uh, Adam, and then I think it was uh, built and circumambulated by Noach, and, well, then it was built by Abraham. Not necessarily in that order, because Muhammad didn't know their order, but nonetheless, it has like 12 different creation accounts on the Kaaba, which, by the way, wasn't even in Mecca. It was in Petra, but so much for that foolishness. Uh, he uh, would go so far as to say that Abraham actually was responsible for establishing Islamic rituals, unless you want to believe that Adam was or that Noah was or, well, Muhammad was or any one of the characters that uh, Muhammad credits. Now, since Abraham is known only through the Torah. than the subsequent embellishments in the Talmud which reflect on the Torah. The revisionist history is incredible. To pick a handful of details out of his life and change 100 to suit another situation 2,500 years after the fact is ludicrous. With the majority of the Quran's content filtered from the Torah by way of the Talmud, Muhammad professed that Adam, Noah, Abraham, Lot, Moses, and uh, David, to use the errant anglicized pronunciations, were Muslim prophets, setting the (laughs) stage for Islam centuries before he was born it's kind of poked holes in the idea that Muhammad was his only prophet. The longer <laughs> Muhammad lived, the more he twisted the stories, making them his own. So if I present evidence in the order Muhammad actually made his assertions, we'd have to jump in and out of history. But if we were to use a historical timeline, the Islamic version of creation Through the twisting of the patriarchs, the immorality of what occurred at Petra, now called Mecca, ending with the violence of Medina, yesteryear's Yathrib, we'd have to review Quranic and Hadith verses that were revealed last, first Tabari and Ishak, as historian and biographer, use the same chronological approach that I have deployed in creating Goddamn religion. Therefore, every surah we reference early in this narrative was revealed late in Muhammad's life. Adam and Satan dominate Islam's genesis, yet none of the supporting Quranic verses Discussing them are from the first score of surahs in the order of their alleged revelation. Now, I share this to keep you from jumping to the conclusion that Muhammad was a well-schooled religious man, progressing sufficient understanding of the Torah and prophets to plagiarize it effectively at the outset of his career. <laughs> in reality, he would not come to know anything about the Torah, until he he came to know the Jews in Yathrib, And he would not attempt to rewrite the Gospels until he was at war with Byzantium. We pick up the story of Islamic creation with uh, where we left off. Uh, It was with uh, a fellow named Iblis. Uh, Iblis is a um, butchered transliteration of the Greek word for devil, uh, diablos, wow. <laughs> uh, and so it, it is. Uh, it, for the most part, he is supposed to be Satan. Now, this is a complicated concept, but um, over the course of these two chapters that I'm going to share initially on, on uh, Yadiar Radio with you, I'm going to prove conclusively that the primary agenda of Allah was to jettison the adversarial title so that he could convince Arabs to worship him as God. Therefore, Allah is Satan in the guise of God. And so to accomplish this, Allah must demean and denounce the adversary title. You can't be God if you're known as Satan. So Allah must denounce his true identity to promote his false identity. So we're going to begin here with the seventh surah, which is called the heights. (laughs) The wall between heaven and hell. Well, this is an inauspicious start, because nothing of the sort exists. (laughs) Shamaim, heaven, is a spiritual realm. In or around such a place, hey, wall would serve no purpose. Can you imagine? You're out there and uh, uh, just imagine space, you know, and the the universe in six dimensions. If you had a wall between us and, say, the planet Jupiter, which we do with the asteroid belt, would you simply go below it or above it? <laughs> I think mean, a <laughs> wall in a spiritual realm is the dumbest idea possible, but did I mention Muhammad was stupid? I think so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well said. Yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, it's not surprising. Muhammad knew nothing of heaven. He had will know nothing of it. Uh, Sheol yeah. hell is the place of separation. It is akin to a black hole in space. Within it, gravity, not walls, ensure that nothing escapes. Also pertinent, Mm -hmm. unlike Muhammad's absurd night's journey on his flying ass, one does not pass through hell en route to heaven. They are as far apart as the universe allows. And let's be clear. While Muhammad may have been ignorant of Sheol during his life, He will get to know it intimately once I have been given the opportunity to condemn him to an eternity within it. You heard that correctly. I have been afforded the privilege of condemning Muhammad to an eternity in hell. I want to watch. At one time, all I wanted was to be in the audience and watch Yahweh condemn him. But Yahweh doesn't work that way. Everything Yahweh does is through individuals that he chooses to equip for the purpose. Always. And in this particular case, I am his designee, and it will be with great zeal. (laughs) <laughs> that I will send Muhammad to hell. The only question is, do I get to send Paul, probably oh, well, Peter, you... to hell first or Muhammad? Or maybe Akiba? <laughs> or maybe Hadrian? Huh? There are so <laughs> many wonderful possibilities. Yes. <laughs> the other uh, interesting is thing funny. is that Yahweh is into recompense. And he's also into um, being fair to those who were abused by those who have hated his people. So the mm-hmm. likes of of Hadrian, Adolf Hitler, um, Stalin, the likes of uh, Akiba, Mamamides, the likes Ukrainians. of all, uh, mm-hmm. the Ukrainians with their, with their pogroms, the likes yeah. of these people are very likely to receive a... Ten or sevenfold, I should say, recompense before their victims, before they're even dispatched to shield. So there will be a price to pay even before eternal incarceration because the victims of things like the Spanish Inquisition and the Holocaust, the victims of what occurred on October 7th, even though They don't know Yahweh and can't be allowed into Shemaim heaven. Their souls deserve to know that those who tortured a brother and sister, six and seven years old, in front of their mother and father, cutting off their fingers and toes and gouging out their eyes, they deserve to know that the Muslims that did that, the Muslims that equipped them to do that, the Muslims that indoctrinated them to do that, are all going to receive tortures sevenfold before an eternity in hell. It is the only way for God to be just. Mm -hmm. Now, that does not mean that someone who does not know Yahweh is uh, destined to shield. They're not. If somebody doesn't know Yahweh, they choose to reject Yahweh, that is their business, and at the end of their life, their soul simply dissipates into nothing. There is no penalty of any kind, nor is there a reward. They got their life, they uh, didn't use it to come to know the source of extended life, and their soul simply ceased to exist. Totally fair. But, if somebody does something that causes what occurred on October 7th, and participates in that, those people who have deliberately chosen to harm God's people will pay for it dearly with an eternal incarceration of Sheol. Now, Sheol is very different than the the Muslim version we're going to read here in the Quran. Uh, Sheol is like a black hole. It's uh, lightless, which means there can be no fires. Uh, Because it is a place to incarcerate souls, the Islamic claim that tortures by eating thorn bushes and drinking scalding water are simply not true. It's just like the Islamic paradise, which is uh, virginal boys and virginal girls and decadence is impossible in heaven. It's a spiritual realm, not a physical realm, and it's not uh, celebrating debauchery. So, God's position here is entirely different than the Islamic position. So in the seventh surah, Allah, or should I say Muhammad, corrupts one of the earliest Genesis stories, but he gets sidetracked with intolerance and terrorism before he dives back into his version. Therefore, in difference to the Islamic apologists, I'm going to keep the whole passage in uh, in context right from the beginning. So keep in mind, however, that there is only one reason that we can read this or any surah is because, well, according to Muhammad Gabriel, who, by the way, was not an angel, clanged a bell in Muhammad's head, from which he was able to decode the memorial tablet allegedly written by Allah's command by the pen on a cloud without air, sitting upon a giant fish, the fish that is mentioned in the Quran. Before the universe was created or there was matter to make a pen or a book. Also, almost every surah begins with a salutation to the gods of Islam. Which was not part of the original text So we're going to dispense with it. And start with the second verse. Quran 7. This book has been sent down to you. Now, by the way, you is not named. Muhammad's name only appears, as we're going to find out, four times in the entirety of the Quran. Well, that's not quite true. Muhammad's name appears three times, the fourth time uh, Allah gets it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This book has been handed down to you, whoever you might happen to be. Well, Mm. the opening statement is not accurate. The Quran did not exist as a book at any time during Muhammad's life. And therefore, it was not sent down to him. And that is a statement of fact. Right. Based upon the historical record, nothing would be committed to writing for another century. As a matter of fact, written Arabic wouldn't even exist for another century. There was no book sent down to you, period, end of story. The opening line is a lie. Not interpretation, just flat out lie. Oh, and oh, by the way, Mohammed was illiterate. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect, right? <laughs> can't make it up. <laughs> you can't make no, it up. I can't. Well, Muhammad did. The, uh, the actual <laughs> yeah. first surah that he alleges was revealed is found halfway through uh, the 96th surah. Uh, and, uh, because the surahs are even jumbled up amongst themselves. And it begins with a nameless lord um, ordering Muhammad to read. In fact, the term is kara, which is the Hebrew word for read, uh, to read, for which Muhammad said, huh, can't be talking to me. I'm illiterate. I can't read. And so the spirit whacks him a few times, presses the life almost out of him, beats him up some more, and says, you're ordered by your Lord to read, but I can't read. Beats him up some more, says, read that. The pen had written on this memorial tablet that man was created from a coagulated drop of blood. Wow. You just can't make this stuff up. <laughs> okay, Quran 7-2. Do not hesitate to warn then the, because um, it doesn't say who to warn, in a parenthetical, uh, the, uh, the translators of the Noble Quran, which is the most literal of all of them, and uh, so that our listeners know uh, and you can go to prophetofdoom.net and you'll find uh, that there are five Quran translations, happen to be the five most credible, uh, most uh, uh, well uh, uh, respected Quran translations that are presented in parallel and we do that because the translations in, uh, in Prophet of Doom are a blended uh, translation the, way I, the reason I do that is that if I were to give you one translation, you'd say, well, that's what the Quran says. But if you're looking at five together, you'd realize, no, <laughs> all, all five of them are very different because, well, the grammar was so deficient and the Quran is so incomplete and there's so many words that nobody knows the meaning to in any language. They differ wildly. You know, it's like the guy that's got one watch and... It may be right or not, but he's sure it's, uh, you know, it's uh, 827. But if he has five <laughs> watches, he's saying, well, they're all different. Uh, eight something, maybe. Well, that's the, that's the nature of the Quran. So what I do is uh, where the five translations agree, I, uh, I take those words exactly as they are. Where they uh, disagree, uh, I will provide the most common. Uh, and if, uh, if you need help understanding it, because the communication was deficient, I will include the parenthetical from the, uh, the translators, <clears throat> so at least you know what Muslims are being told. So in this case, right. do not hesitate to warn through it. And it says in the parenthetical, the unbelievers. And a reminder to believers. Okay. This is inappropriate. The same approach is to herald, there's the one that's heralded by Yahweh. God began by conveying what he was offering and expecting in return. That's the whole story of the covenant. <clears throat> Warnings followed, in God's case, the presentation of his personal and conver- conversant relationship with Adam. So he has this relationship with Adam, and then, in the case of Adam, he says, okay, I'm going to give you some instructions. You can eat anything you want. Uh, but I just want you to know that if you, if you eat from over there, I'm not going to tell you don't eat from over there. I'm just going to tell you that there's a consequence of eating from over there. There's a tree of good and bad. Everything in this garden you can eat from, including that tree over there. But if you choose to eat from that tree over there, there's going to be a consequence. And the consequence is you're no longer going to be immortal. You're going to die. So, so God gave Adam this... this built this wonderful relationship, and said, I'm going to, then I'm going to give you some instruction. That is appropriate. You don't begin by starting out with a warning. You can't remind believers when you haven't told them anything yet. So, yeah, in God's case, great the presentation of his personal and, and, and conversational relationship with Adam in the Gan Eden, the Garden of Great Joy, was shared before the warning associated for example, of the flood mm-hmm. a subject that is discussed uh relative uh that uh, that in that letter to the reader that I discussed are not uh, the goddamn section, uh with Hamas and at war with religion specifically discussed this topic and and why it was important, and even within the garden proper instruction preceded the consequence of its corruption. With the flood, a way to live was offered before death became apparent. Both are important, but they have to be presented in the right order. You don't tell your child, uh, don't put your finger in the light socket before you've given your child all sorts of things that they can enjoy and in use with their hands. You start with the positive, then you say, oh, okay, here's all this opportunity and we're going to have fun with all this stuff, but uh, do, don't go and do this thing over here because there's a consequence. Your hair is going to stand on its end. Your teeth are going to light up. Don't do that. So Yahweh invites Abraham to engage in his Bereth Covenant. God shares its five benefits and five conditions, all of which are presented and explained in Barashit Genesis. And then he provides a warning demonstrating the consequence of being overtly religious in Mecca and Medina. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah. After Allah, in this case, does not, since he does not desire our love or for us to grow as his children, he just dispenses with all of that positive stuff and instructions to live by and uh, and guidance to grow. And he just begins by saying, I'm going to intimidate you through fear. But even then, why warn unbelievers because Islam is uh, based on predestination? Yeah. The threat of impending punishments, which cannot be a, averted according to Islam, suggests that the author was either demented or a sadist. The next chapter we're going to study, not this one, uh, presents Allah's view of, uh, of fatalism, of, of predestination, where he rubs Adam's back and then every uh, every soul that was ever to <laughs> exist is either on the right side or the the left side, and the lefties are Jews and they're going to suffer egregious torment. And the righties are, are Muslims, and they're going to go off to a decadent uh, heaven with uh, bisexual sex and all sorts of uh, weird things that, that we will also detail. So Quran 7.3 reads, and at this point we are still recording, no longer broadcasting. We'll go on just for a little more and then, uh, and then continue uh, okay. again uh, Yes, with next week's program. Follow what has been sent down unto you by your Lord. Now, at this point, nothing has been sent down, and Lord is the, is the title of Satan, not Yahweh. So follow what has been sent down unto you by your Lord, and follow not any partners or friends beside him. Little do you remember. Quran 7.3. Yahweh wants to be known as our father. Well, Allah seeks to Lord over humankind. He wants to do so as a master. Yahweh worked and communicated through individuals like Adam and Noach, Abraham and Sarah, Yeshak and Yaakov, Moshe and Aaron, Samuel and Dode, Yashiah and Yermaya, even this fellow Yada. Well, Allah is without partners or friends. So sad, isn't it? Well, it's embarrassing, since Allah, in one manner or another, is supposedly speaking to Muhammad, he just confirmed what I have stated previously. The ungod's non-prophet, had a lousy memory and could not recall what he had said one day to the next. Little do you remember. Quran 7.4 how many cities and towns have we destroyed when our terror and torment came upon them suddenly by night or while they slept for their afternoon rest? No cry did they utter when our terrorizing torment overtook them but this. We are Zalamun, evil and wrong, unjust oppressors, car- opposing it. Islam, Quran 7, 4, and 5. From this we may correctly conclude that Allah and Muhammad, this un-God and his non-prophet, are deliberately destructive. They not only target civilians, they are confessed terrorists. They brag about sneaking up on communities and ravaging them, while blaming and shaming their victims. Therefore, Muhammad and Allah sanctioned the Islamic monsters who did this very thing to Jewish farming communities on October 7, 2023. How many cities have we destroyed when our terror and torment came upon them suddenly by night or while they slept for their afternoon rest? No cry did they utter when our terrorizing torment overtook them than this. We are zelemn, evil and wrong, unjust oppressors proposing Islam. Should you be among The Muslims are progressives demonstrating on their behalf, sanctifying these monsters and their diabolical religion. You deserve what they have done. It's only fitting and fair. The Islamic God's taste for terror is shocking. It's hard to fathom scripture bragging. How many towns and communities have we destroyed? Or our anguishing terror came upon them while they were sleeping. What would possess someone to claim this was godly? And worst of all, in Islamic fashion, the terrorist on God and his nonprofit had the audacity to do what they did on October 7th, which was to blame their victims. Never has this verse from the Quran been played out more consistently with Allah's and Muhammad's instructions than it was on (laughs) 10-7-23. Any failure to hold Islam accountable is ignorant, irrational, and immoral. Obviously something half of young Americans know nothing about. These jihadists, following their non-profits and ungod's gods example, they raped little children. They cut off their hands and their feet, and then they decap- decapitated them. They raped the elderly, many after they had already killed them. Yes. Their gang rapes of young girls were so violent, they pulled their legs out of their sockets so they could not be closed. And then they broke their pelvis bones to inflict the maximum pain. After torturing Jews by dismembering them, they shot many of them so many times in the face that there was no longer any blood. Many of their victims were tied together with wire and then burned alive. While they called their parents back in Gaza, giddy over what they were doing. During their suffering, these Muslims peed on their victims. They mocked them. In the case of a pregnant mother whose womb was sliced open to remove her baby She was forced to watch these Muslims slice off her unborn child's head (sighs) before they slit her throat, cut off her head. Only Islam can corrupt a human to the point that the religious become demonic and sadistic. Israel, your problem isn't Hamas. It isn't the Fakistinians. It's not Palestinian Islamic jihad. It's not Hezbollah. It's not Iran. It's Islam. But for Muslims it wasn't all rape, pedophilia, necrophilia. There was also kidnapping. And with a prize. The Fakistanians who brought captives back to their religious enclave were offered free apartments in Gaza and a $10,000 reward for each. Bummer for them. Gaza is being leveled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before we move on, I want to bring to your attention... The motivation behind the opening salvo. Muhammad wanted his detract- distractors to know that his God would terrorize anyone who opposed them. This was a warning. If you deny Muhammad, his followers will torture and murder you. You know that I've had thousands of death threats. Yeah. All because I had the audacity, the courage, the compassion, a good sense to tell people what the Islamic scriptures actually say. Quran 7, 6 and 7, 7. Then it is true. We will interrogate those to whom it, the terror, was sent. Our terror was sent. And surely we will question the messengers. Then assuredly we will narrate to them with knowledge, for we were never absent. And then the parenthetical reads, from any place or time, and saw what they did. Only in Islam is the victim of a terrorist attack blamed for their suffering. Although in the case of Jews, this has long been the demented underbelly of all manner of conspiracy theories, always blaming the Jews Mm -hmm. when they're victimized. In context, especially following verses 7.4 and 7.5, Quran passages 7.6 and 7.8 reveal that the now-deceased residents of the comatose communities, Muslims caught unaware and slaughtered, are going to be interrogated by Allah. And while Allah is no more God than Satan, it would be senseless for anyone to question those who have already confessed, which is what they claim. Especially when the claim is to be completely aware of everything everyone has ever said and done. Because, well, the Islamic God wants to fool people into thinking that he is omnipresent and omniscient. Moreover, thinking of this concept, trying to logically understand it, if God, which Allah is not, was everywhere and knew everything, then he and life would become meaningless. Allah's position is the same as that superimposed on the God of Christianity but yeah. two wrongs do not make a right. For example, Yahweh does not know uh, those who do not know him. There's no reason for him to be irritated by the religious and political. And even with his covenant family, Yahweh is deliberately unaware of our faults. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the process of perfecting us. Dode took on matzah all of our faults into Sheol and deposited there where they are never seen again. Mm -hmm. And if God allowed himself to know our future, then what fun would there be in the relationship? Omnipresence is equally absurd. Yahweh has to be greater in dimensions than our universe, which is likely six dimensions, to have been able to create it. As such, Mm -hmm. it is impossible for him to enter it. Just like Walt Disney couldn't enter the flat realm of Mickey Mouse. Can't be done. So not only can't God be everything and everywhere, he can't be anywhere in our dimensions. I mean, these bozos can't think. Yahweh well, can observe it. He can interact through words and through implements. And he does regularly. We talk all the time. Our last conversation, he took me to task. He was really stern. <laughs> I, I told him, listen, you got it's been 22 years since I was in the swamp of Islam. We've come so far. We've done so many things. I don't really want to go back there. And what if I do go back there and we put it on the yada, yada site and Muslims play the same game they always play. If they can't threaten you and threaten to kill you, they perform uh, uh, the denial of service attack to bring down the site. I don't want everything we've done over the last 22 years to crash because of this. Yeah, what's that? Look around you. Look where you live. Look who you live with. I've taken care of you. Now take care of my people. He says, you know, you're the only person that's prepared to do this. My people need to hear it. And, you know, that's pretty stern. But I'm going to tell you something. Yep. He was right. Mm-hmm. Going back and and renewing, um, going back and rewriting, going back and repurposing, going back and correcting Prophet of Doom has been exceedingly fulfilling, exceedingly valuable. Uh, Twenty-two years ago, I got Islam right. I got everything else wrong, but I got Islam right. My uh, but now we know so much more than we did previously yes. that we can make this book sing to Yahweh's target audience. You know, okay, I, I mocked for good reason, obviously, progressives. I'm not writing this yeah. for them. I can't help them. They're beyond evidence and reason. And that's the tools that I'm working with. I can't help Muslims, nor do I want to. They're way too far gone. The religious are like progressives. They are allergic to evidence and reason. Unassailable evidence and irrefutable logic is lost on them. And so the target audience is narrow. No one who is overtly political. No one who is overtly religious. And in the middle, people who are genuinely curious, open-minded, and not only want to know the truth, but can deal with it. And beyond that, it is being written because of October 7th, 2023, on behalf mm-hmm. of God's people, Yehudim, Jews. And his country, Israel, Israel. It's a very narrow audience. It's the only one that matters to God. And since it's the only one that matters to him, it is the one that matters to us. So we are doing something we did not do 22 years ago. We're turning goddamn religion into a teaching opportunity for God's people that by taking this moment of great trauma, of the realization that the very existence of Israel, their very lives are now at risk, and that no one has the answer, there is no political solution, there is no military solution to this, it's going to get a hundred times worse and soon. This is the ultimate opportunity to get the attention of those God wants to reach and bring home. And so rather than just telling them that their enemy is Islam and being able to prove that it's Islam. So that they understand that they're not to try to appease the Fakistinians that they're not trying to wipe out Hamas and think everything's going to be swell. But we also want them, more importantly than anything else, to Uh, come to know Yahweh, to realize that He is the one and only solution to what's going to occur over the next ten years. So that's why we're here. That's why we are sharing goddamn religion, because now it is essential for the very survival of God's people. Well, I think that's a, a good place for us to stop uh, this evening. We probably only have about five minutes before uh, Blog Talk Radio is going to tell us goodbye and good night. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for participating. Um, uh, I know I got you the uh, the text for tonight's show out to you very very late, only about fifteen twenty minutes before the show began. But in all fairness, uh, even when you asked me, um, Kirk, a day ago, what should you uh, read to prepare for this show, I said, "Well, I want to do three things." <laughs> and you <came laughs> wrote back and said, "I agree with it. Let's see. we we ought to do those three things." But uh, as you can see, it's just not—it's uh, just not possible. We can't do the news, uh, uh, dive back into the the excitement and the enlightenment of Yada Yahweh while also exp- uh, exploring this tragedy that has befallen uh, uh, God's people in Israel. Um, so
0: yeah. we had to choose one of
1: the three, and this seemed to be the yeah. logical place to jump in. Yes, yeah, sure. and I think yeah. that when we when we make this comparison between uh, Allah and Satan, uh, as uh, Yahweh uh, shared Satan's nature through the prophet Yahshua Isaiah. And then we turn from the seventh surah to the 56th, which is the highlight of this next chapter. Your, mm-hmm. uh, your skin's going to crawl. I've been reading I mean, it. Yes, yes. This is even before we get to the, the heart of Islam which is the 75 terrorist raids that were led by Muhammad and his calls for jihad and killing Jews and mass murder and torture. Even before we get to that, your skin's going to fall. Yeah, this will be a lay down hand. We will have won the debate against uh, Satan who is masquerading as Allah. And that really is the, uh, the, uh, the deal here. It's um, Yahweh decided that Satan was was so easy to expose and condemn, and that his role in religion was so easy to understand that he figured that that just one boy, properly uh, inspired, could do it. Well, you're, you're going to find that's <laughs> the one question we've done it. Yeah. Uh, Satan's not the big bad uh, guy that he's made out to be, because um, uh, with the Iowa's help, I was able to destroy him. Uh, mm-hmm. And you'll find that irrefutably so. So thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you uh, this time uh, next week. Please, Israel, be safe. And Israel, anything that you can do to read what is uh, there thus far in, uh, in goddamn religion, read An Introduction to God, Read Yada, Yahweh. Read Observations. Read Coming Home. If you want to understand why Christianity has been so oppressive, read uh, Questioning Paul. Uh, If you've got the fortitude for it, but it takes some, read Babel uh, as well. They're all there, written for you, because Yahweh wants you to come home. Shabbat Shalom. Uh, Good night. night. Talk to you next time. night.